cliffcentral.com We're going to cry, laugh and love. And we're going to do it together. The Life with Libang podcast. Welcome to yet another episode of Life with Libang brought to you by cliffcentral.com. Today we're doing a 1-hour special. And we haven't had any specials yet, so this is the first special that we're doing. So it's a good thing. It's exciting, it's new, it's fresh, and it's just, it's real conversations with real people that are doing real things. So I'm very excited to introduce my guest today. Um, you know, a group of young men just doing good things, you know, that's, that's what the purpose of This Is Us is. So we've been doing This Is Us for the past couple of weeks, where obviously every week we invite somebody into studio, we chat to them about all the good work that they're doing, and today is no different. Today is absolutely no different. And I'm keen to be chatting today with Tato Moatlodi, ne? Moatlodi. Moatlodi. Moatlodi, aha. Thank you for correcting me. You know, we, we live and we learn as people, right? Yes, yes. So Tato's in the studio with me today and he's going to be telling us all about Great Porosa, right? Definitely. I'm, I'm excited to hear about it because everybody that we've been speaking to in the past couple of weeks has kind of been like, you know, soup kitchen vibes. Not many people that we've had in studio have, have done what you guys do. So okay. before I talk too much, thank you for being here. No, thank, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, absolutely. Greetings to all the lovely listeners out there. Mm. Yeah, no, thank you for having me on the show. For sure. Awesome. So, so <clears throat> tell, tell everybody about Great Porosa and why is it so great? <laughs> uh, yeah, interesting question. So the Great Porosa né, is a youth-focused NPO, mm. non-profit organization from Soweto, Eprotia North. Okay. Uh, now... A lot of people know it's Mosuga Eprutia North. Mm. You come from an area that's called Borosa. Okay. So the youth use that word a lot. It's quite colloquial. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, we're about youth. Yeah. So we adopted that name just to symbolize the fact that we are a youth organization. Yeah. So that's why we're called the Great Borosa. So obviously, um, also it means that we cover not just Protea North, but the greater Protea. Mm. And that's where the name comes from. Yeah. So it's Protea North, Protea South, Nalidi Extension 2, and throughout Soweto, in fact. Yeah. You know? Um, we just believe in tapping into the young people that have been marginalized, overlooked. Yeah. From any township area or yeah. rural area. Yeah. Yes. And how, how do you guys, Tap into that youth market and, and really what I'm asking is How you guys differentiate yourselves From other youth organizations So um, What I would say The Great Borosa Focuses on Uplifting young people From a standpoint Of skills development uh-huh. uh, Particularly with regards To ICT skills development Okay um, When we started the organization We were a sports organization We are okay. actually a football club Oh, um, you know, this was many, many years ago in 2009. Mm. Uh, four friends came together and we had the vision of putting together a formidable team that was quite different in philosophy. Mm. You know, call mm. it like a young Barcelona of the time. Oh. So we, 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 we thought, we saw what, what's going on in the community. We saw how other coaches were treating youth and we thought, okay, well, let's, let's put something together on our own. Because mm. we were always complaining about how coaches were treating players. Okay. Um, and we use that, um, as something to connect to young people. But little did we know that we were actually developing 
a whole foundation Wow um, That is actually supporting youth Even off the field um, So today we've got four programs that we run um, One of those is a program called School Like Me Okay Which is basically focusing on township and rural schools It's an after school program Where we come in and we teach kids robotics and coding Wow um, Just to support them from a STEM education level Yes um, So STEM obviously being science um, technology, technology, engineering, mathematics. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Some schools call it STEAM. Um, what, what's the A? So the A means art. Uh-huh. <clears throat> STEAM, STEM, STEM, you know. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's these acronyms, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, look, I mean, in its essence, it's, it's, it's an integrated program. Mm. So it helps us connect with kids and tell them that, look, Maths and science doesn't have to be so overwhelming. Yes. Um, you know, many kids are just like failing these subjects mm. because they're just so daunting to them or mm. either umenir or mem is not teaching it mm. correctly. Mm. Um, so there's a great barrier in the classroom. Yeah. So this program allows us to kind of demystify a lot of the terms, calculations, concepts, mm. and the kids end up understanding the world of science and maths. Through this very interactive program. Yeah, yeah. We simply just come in and we work together and we explore ideas, we become creative and we build robots, you know? Wow. Um, we have fun in doing this. Mm. Um, the kids are engaged, um, because they're obviously seeing a toy. We're seeing an educational tool. Yes. Um, so what's, what's also interesting about it is that it allows kids to work in teams mm. and connect with one another. Yeah. I think that's so exciting. Um, my, I've got so many questions. My first one is, how did you guys identify this as a gap? Because as a mother, when I'm looking for a school for my kids, um, I'm always looking for that something extra. You know, I don't believe in just like the old school traditional methods of education. I do believe that, for example, things like coding should be mandatory and things like robotics should be. Ma- so how did you guys identify this gap? Well, uh, look, so I think it's, it's through the experience of working with young people, really. Mm. Um, you know, once we had the full, the, the football team fully fledged. Yeah. Um, which is now, you know, so we're to have C Academy. Oh, nice. So it went from being a football team and now to a fully fledged academy with yeah. like young kids from as young as, uh, 10 and 13 years old. Yes. All the way to 18 and 23. Wow. That's lovely. So. I mean, once we started doing a lot of interactions with young people, we realized that on the ground, there's a lot of issues that young people are facing. Mm. I mean, for example, now we're sitting on like a 47.3% of unemployment rate. That's mm. just on youth level. Yeah. Um, and because of that, young people are frustrated as to what to do next. Mm. Like some of them can't go to school due to financial constraints. Mm. Some of them are battling to get into universities because of the marks that, that they have from for the trick. For sure, for sure. So there is a gap, you know, in the 18 to 35-year-olds. Mm. Um, you know, that's, that's where we kind of first discovered the need for ICT skills. Mm. And we thought, you know, we should bring in a program that would help A, kids become more competitive in the workspace. Yeah. But also just to give them an advantage or a boost and a helping hand, really. For sure. To getting into entry-level jobs. Of course. Um, so we've got an 18 to 35 population of young people that we train in these, uh, in this program. Mm. And they do online certificates. Um, they do courses that, you wow. know, that are certified globally from Google to IBM. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, they, they, they come out feeling like, you know, they, they have something. 
yeah. to share with the world, you know? Of course. And But over and above that, you know, we have like a one-year program with them. So they come in on like from nine to three week, weekdays and mm. uh, we've got a learning lab okay. in Protea North and they do all sorts of workshops with us. Um, amongst those are entrepreneurship, job preparation, and then they also do accredited skills courses. Like um, some of them will do technical support, others will do systems development, mm. and others will do what many people call end user. I hate that word, but it's <sighs> basically like digital literacy. Yeah. Um, so they, <clears throat> so they do all of those skills, but while also getting certificates that they okay. could add into their CVs. Yes. It's all about CV building for them. Yeah. But also it links very much to the after school program because we then train them into the robotics and coding program as well. Mm. So they're learning how to do programming. They're learning how to t- teach kids. They, they're learning how to be mentors. Yeah. Um, they're learning sure. how to interact with kids from different levels because the program itself, um, the robotics and coding program is targeted at kids as young as grade, f- uh, from grade four mm-hmm. all the way to grade 10. Okay. So your 10 year olds to 16. Yeah. Um, then you got the 17 and 18 year olds joining along in the year. Um, during holiday breaks, for example. Ah, okay. So, so that's how the program works. And I think us identifying the fact that because we're talking to under-resourced schools like mm. Ekasi, you know, and mm, mm. Uh, rural areas, you know, you you start realizing that the concept of STEM education just doesn't exist there. Mm. Number one, you know, the schools that we're dealing with have a very very low rate of kids that are getting into university. Mm. So we're talking about 4% of young people that are finishing matric have a chance of getting into university. So, I mean, at that alarming rate, we've also realized that because we're dealing with an intermediary phase population of school learners, Mm. there's also problems of reading. There's also problems of understanding concepts. Mm. And, you know, the reading kind of dabbles into why the concepts of maths and science are sometimes lost with these kids. Yes. And so we realized that through the STEM education program, we can come in with something that's quite different. Mm. That's very integrated instead of us teaching the the subjects very separately. Mm. So we integrate with this robotics and coding program and we develop teachers as well. So the program kind of filters into the day-to-day lessons that the kids will, you know, receive from their teachers. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's how we kind of, you know, you know, came up with this program. Mm. And I think it's been going very well. There's a lot of impact. Mm. There's a lot of high rates of kids improving their marks from yes. term one to term four. Yes. Um, there's also a lot of participation from kids who would have otherwise dropped out of school. Mm. So we've seen that a lot as well. Sure. It, you know, it sounds as though you guys have like everything figured out. Seems like this is a well oiled machine that's running from A to Z perfectly. Nothing is missing. Oh, we try. You, we try. You, it sounds like you guys really have everything unlocked, but I mean, it must be very difficult on some days anyway, um, to, to manage an operation of this, this weight. It's a lot. You know, there's mm. on one side, it's the soccer. It's the footballs making sure the kids are on the field, killing it there. And then on the other side, it's the school stuff. It's the education. It's it's you know it's it's the mental um, stuff. So how how are you guys able to balance all of this? And I guess I'm asking also from a from a resource perspective. Okay. So financially, how are you guys staying afloat? In terms of human resources, how are you guys staying afloat? And I can imagine that it's not something that just sort of you guys figured it out overnight. It took trial and error and yes. winning and losing and failing and oh, standing up definitely. again and trying. So walk us through that journey of, you know, starting something and it's just evolving into what it is today. 
Well, you know, Lebang, it's, uh, it is trial and error, like you said. Mm. Um, a lot of experiences have kind of like helped us shape the way we want to drive this program forward. Yeah. Um, but also interacting with people on the ground. Okay. Uh, number okay. one, teachers. Yeah. You know, we know the stresses in schools. Um, we know the pressures that they're under. Mm. Um, we know that some schools are forced to kind of cancel subjects, the whole subject canceled. Mm. Mm. Um, and it's also based on various reasons, a number of them being like principals being too afraid that kids will fail mm. and, you know, important subjects that kids would have learned from like uh, CAT, mm, mm. Computer Applied Technology, mm. um, are dropped in certain schools. Mm. Um, you know, we once had a conference in Soweto, uh, sorry, in Pretoria. Yeah. And we realized that coming from Soweto, there were only two schools and amongst 300 schools. Yeah. And we had the top grade sevens and the top grade nines all interacting at the same time. Um, they were part of a massive provincial uh, competition okay where the kids were tested and they're doing experiments so what they were learning in school they were showcasing there okay and you know that gave us an opportunity to kind of bring the program and spread it further to other kids from twenty schools to city mm. being west areas mm. yeah so but i think as a whole great Porosa is all about collaboration teamwork mm. um we really rely on tapping into Resources of youth um, uh-huh. that come in and volunteer for us. Yeah. Um, you know, we find that a lot of young people are just wasting their time. You yeah. Know, they, they don't know what to do. So oh, they find just don't know what to do. You know, yeah. Look, like they're wasted, but if there's, they just have no sense of direction, if true. there's no opportunities, if the world is, you know, kind of telling them that this is it for you, they'll believe that, right? Yeah. And that's where you guys come into. To be that bit of hope for them, right? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, I mean, you know, we, we're fortunate enough because we're tapping into the eighteen to thirty-five year olds um, that are described as NEET youth. Yeah. Uh, so youth not in education training or, um, <clears throat> and they they you know they they, they come into the program um, that we run and yeah. we we get some of them that really want to offer more. Yeah. And so, you know, we open that up to them to come and volunteer with us. Um, but also we've got like five staff members that are on the ground. Okay. Uh, helping us every day, every week. Good. Uh, we're running from Monday to Friday. Um, we've got program coordinators. Mm. We've got youth team leaders, mm. youth ambassadors. And we've also got, so I'm one of three board members in the okay. team. So there's three of us, uh, myself, Huizimang Sisinye. Neo Muloi, mm. um, that's the board of, uh, that's the board committee, yeah. as it is. Um, and then on the ground, I mean, you know, as I've explained, with this five strong members that are really helping us drive the vision forward. Um, but all of this is dependent on sponsorships, you know? For sure. Um, we really rely on corporates coming in and seeing our vision, um, yeah. seeing what we're doing with schools, um, seeing how we're tapping into the marginalized young people that we're trying to inspire, yeah. you know, as we go. So we we really want to open this opportunity to any corporate that's listening mm. to, you know, reach out to us. Let's have a conversation. Let's see how we partner, you know, with the various CSI focus areas that they have. You mm. know, we're all about education. So if they are, please, let's let's talk. Yeah. So yeah, to answer your question, I mean, that's where we're at. Yeah. You you mentioned your your team, uh, Neo, yourself, and Huizimang, uh, and I guess I want to just find out from a more personal perspective. Um, do do you guys have any previous volunteering experience, or is just is this just something that 
kind of just happened or did you always know that you're at the end of the day, you'll always do something that requires, you know, a service and you to give back because not everybody has it in them. Yes. Not yes. everybody can just wake up one day and decide, <laughs> why taking a Kotoma NGO, give again, you know, it yeah. takes a very particular type of it. So between the three of you as board members, would you say that all three of you had it in you and it's just something that it, when it happened, it made sense that it happened? Yes. I think, um, you know, to answer your question, I think a lot of the things just kind of came into play. Mm. I think it's, it's what we do, um, you know, with the great Borosa. Mm. Is more of a calling. Ooh. You know, we, 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 we've come from different backgrounds. What we thought was just a hobby, part-time mm. thing, yana, mm. has really absorbed us all yeah. into this machine, you know, yes. um, which is helping so many young people, um, get into different job placements, mm. um, get their careers really focused. And, you know, we just did this with the sheer drive of just helping young people develop. For sure. Um, and with that purpose and that vision alone, everything just came together seamlessly. I mean, I myself am handling the marketing and partnerships division. Mm-hmm. So Mang is handling the, he's more of a strategist, uh, leadership role. Um, so he's handling more, he's a managing director. Okay. With a lot of project management experience. Okay. And then there's Neo Muloi, who's mm. a lot of, who's got a lot of sports experience. Uh, but also we call him the general. Okay. You know, because he's operations. Mm. He's the ops guy. Mm. So he's an operations director. Okay. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, we, when we began, we had our, our vision of a sports based organization, which, as I said before, has devo- developed into something else. Mm. You know, we're seeing where the world is going. I mean, if you look at it now, 65% of the kids that are in school now. Yeah. By the time they finish school, I'm, to- I'm talking about the foundation phase kids. Yes. Boma grade R. Yeah, one, grade two, one, two, three, one, two, one, three. Yeah, they'll be working in completely new jobs. Hundred percent. So that's why the need for FYR has always been there. Mm. Um, and I think it's important for us to really teach our kids that everybody should learn the basics. Everybody yeah. should know basics of coding, cloud yes. computing, what yes. is AI. Mm. You know, these are things that we're interacting with on a daily basis. Yeah. But I think the general vision of Great Porosa helping. The African child understand this for our world mm. is what keeps us drive, you know, what keeps us moving in, in the same direction as a team. I mean, there are those dynamics where we kind of have our tensions here and there, mm. but we've grown as a team to consider ourselves as family now, mm. you know, because mm. of the spiritual purpose that we now acknowledge and recognize yeah. behind Great Borosa. Sure. Bars. <laughs> Are you hearing these bars? <laughs> this is so nice. It it feels like you're so connected to your purpose. And that's such a special thing. Thank you. It's Thank so you. important to be aware of what you're doing and why yeah. you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. I only hope that there's kids out there that, you know, in the next 20 years, you know, there's always that one person who you remember as that person changed my life. Yeah. And that person may not know. Yeah. Or be aware of it But I just hope that All the kids that you interact with And all the kids that You guys are helping yeah. Day in, day out They'll look back and say Those are the guys that changed my life Yeah So that they yeah. can also do the same thing That you guys are doing, <laughs> right? Yeah I, I just hope that for you guys So what what would you generally like to see? Like what do you think is your Vision For the Great Barosa right now? Like where you want it to go Within the next couple of years? Okay, so I mean, I think <clears throat> you know over the years we've done some very interesting work um, mm. with the education space. 
Uh, school like me has really taught us that we can tap into schools in a very unique way. Yeah. And we've seen the need for this. There's such a demand for the program that we're offering to schools. I mean, now the government is considering making it a curriculum for foundation phase. Uh, that's oh. beginning 2022. Hectic. So I think, you know, we, we have the hope, you know, that we're really moving in the right direction. Yes. Um, what's, what's also interesting about this is that every year we have a target within the school like me program. Mm. We are aiming to get at least 150 to 300 learners signed up to robotics competitions yeah. at the end of each year. Yeah. But it's basically a three year program. So we move with the kids and, you know, in, at each step of the way, monitoring their progress in the general subjects that they do. Uh huh. But the, Aspect of getting them into robotics competitions. Um, mm. you know, these are like national, regional, mm. and even international, mm. um, where other partners get involved, like your first league Lego robotics, um, yes. competition stakeholders. Mm. And once we get kids into that space, you know, they, they are able to number one, earn colors, full colors, half colors, the same yes. way you would do with other cultural activities, yes. be it debating or chess. So that then gives the kids an advantage of earning bursaries. Mm. So our target each year is to say, okay, we want 500 bursaries awarded to the number of schools that we work with. Yes. Um, and so we're, to, we're working with about eight schools right now. Mm. And our vision is to see the robotics and coding spreading throughout the country and accessing to about 6,500 learners mm. in the next three years. Yeah. Uh, but in the next 10 years, we see ourselves spreading across Africa. Wow. Love so that's, it. that's our vision because we really think that, you know, the African child has to get into this four hour space. Mm. Um, you know, for could, fourth industrial revolution. Yes. Fourth uh-huh. industrial okay. revolution. Just I making mean, sure. It's, Just it's a buzzword, you know, <laughs> 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 um, but it's, it's, it's so true that we have to catch up, you know, we hey, really have to catch up. Mm. Um, you know, we've been through spaces where we know that the Asian kids are on such another level ah, they're gone. in the space, you know? Mm, mm. Uh, look at your brands like Samsung, mm. you, know? Um, you know, kids that are getting into robotics in those kinds of spaces are just so advanced and scary. They are, yeah. Um, they've got robots that are, you know, in reception. Pets. Yeah. They're, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> scanning them, you know, mm. from their, uh, their heart rates to, you know, their COVID temperature readings. Mm. You know, we saw that, uh, you know, a little bit of last year. Mm. But I think locally as well, there's so much opportunity. When we started this program in 2018, we were in Ekurlen. Yes. Ekasi, Lase, Daviton. Aha. And we were working across three schools at the time because we were piloting the pro- program. Yeah. And we came across, I think, four unique learners. Two of them are in primary school. Mm. And at the time, they were, you know, I think 11 and 12 age-wise. Okay. And these kids, because we're building robots, you know, throughout each term, they came up with their own unique idea because we do something interesting with kids called a rubric. Okay. Where the kids have to identify problem areas in their communities and then solve them through robotics and coding. Wow. So... We gave them a challenge and in their area, they realized that in Davidton, there's a constant problem with floodings of housing. Mm. So the way that the area was built, you know, there's, there's, there's a flooding problem generally. Mm. And these kids came up with such a unique idea of building a automated robotic foundation for each house. Okay. Where if it floods, the house literally gets raised with a robotic system mm. that has sensors so it automatically raises the house and elevates it literally mm. um, for a particular time until all the water is drained underneath. Mm. Um, by that, I mean it gets drained into a filtration system in the okay. house 
and then it becomes recycled back into a house's gray water. So the kids came up with that, which was quite a, you know, it was an ingenious idea. Yeah, I thought, look, what? these guys were, these guys were <laughs> just money. getting wild yeah. with, these, with these ideas. Uh. But we became so passionate about, you know, taking them further, you know, mm. really pushing them with this idea mm. that we were able to tap into business mentors and, you know, SMME and entrepreneurship stakeholders mm. Mm. Um, that helped us patent the ideas for the kids. Oh, lovely. And today the kids are now earning royalties over that idea. Wow. But they were so young. And I think that's where you can see the power of STEM mm. and, you know, the power of kids getting into ICT at a very young age. Yes. Um, so you can imagine by the time they finish matric, we've where already, they'll be. We've already sure. groomed our own Mark Zuckerberg. Yes. You know? Yes. So, it's, it's, it's very interesting. And I think along the way, another important aspect that we're teaching kids is how to turn these ideas into business ideas. Mm-hmm. So the kids are learning business along the way. You know, whether, you know, they're more artistic, whether they're more general subject related kids or mm. they're more uh, mathematical, mm. you know. So they're all earning, they're learning the basics of how to run a business. What yeah. does it entail? So, and also because they work in teams, mm. the kids all understand what a board committee is yes you know yes what is a managing director mm. you know uh, what is a business proposal mm. so they they put you know we give them those kinds of challenges you mm. know they stand up in front of a crowd we have quarterly events where they present so the confidence levels are boosted love that and also i think with the team dynamic um, what's interesting about this program is that we don't just focus on the a students mm. in the school mm. so we open it up so typically we'd run a classroom of about 25 kids. Yeah. Uh, 15 now due to COVID. And, uh, you know, we'd have about five groups of four where, you know, all the kids would be teamed up with kids of various skill sets. So the A student will all of a sudden be sitting across the student that's always giving them problems in class. Mm, you know, good no, confrontation. No, no, cool, cool, yes, you know? <laughs> yes, they must learn. Because yeah, yeah. the, the emotional must also be, you know, must be worked on while they're working on all these other aspects of exactly. their lives. They, yeah, yeah, good. But again, I think at its heart, it's also building a social skill yeah. in the kids. Because yeah. some of these kids that are very good in the classroom are also not very social. Mm. And, you know, we need to build their confidence mm. on that level. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so the program allows for that, you know, yeah. that, that interaction. But above all else, the kids learn how to problem solve. Good. Um, and I think that's that's the message we're driving all the time. Good. Yeah. Good. No, I, I love that. Again, this sounds like you guys have it all figured out. It, <laughs> it sounds like whatever problem exists, you guys have a solution for it. And it's very layered. You know, it's not like you're just focusing on um, skill set, like what they can learn in school. It's what they can learn in school, how they deal with the real world, how they're going to need certain things in future, starting businesses, what, what, what. All of that is stuff that I wish we had the opportunity to learn when we were still Yeah, young, right? right? I mean, look, I mean, I, I walked into a classroom, um, having gone through many, many years, finished school, and mm. I started caring about the aspects of running a school. Mm. You know, you start understanding what it takes to be a principal in mm. a school, mm. um, what it takes to get a, 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 a general consensus. Yeah. You know, an affirmation from a student governing body. Mm, you know, mm. when, when the parents association say it, we are not paying school fees this year. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you can understand those issues, you yes, know? Yes, yes. Um, and it's, it's, it's quite interesting. I mean, standing from that perspective, and I can say now that look, there's so many opportunities to mm. help youth, you know? Mm. Um, there's other, there's another program that we're running in schools called Transitions. Okay. Um, so that's basically, 
a, a school sports based program. All right. Where we would run like a multi school sports tournament throughout the year. This one's more football focused. Okay. But basically the program is about us again tapping into unemployed youth that are looking for opportunities and mm. we train them to be coaches. So they would become fully qualified coaches and they would get like an NQF level four. Okay. In sports coaching science. Um, but through the year, they're doing practicals with us by volunteering in schools oh. as coaches. Uh, because we find a lot that because we are working with under-resourced schools, mm. um, Ikasi, township, rural areas, mm. the general problem is that there's no schooling um, after-school sports activities. Yeah, ish. Because now the problem is that the kids are failing. Mm. So all teachers would rather just focus on, you know, getting the kids to understand curriculum, mm. you know, and mm. lesson plans throughout the year. Mm. So it becomes a problem when then one teacher who's passionate about sports has to now do a double job, mm, you know, and then, mm. you know, there's problems and in the school. And there's no support. Yeah. And then there's no infrastructure as for well. For sure, you yeah. Know? So we thought of this program to kind of help, A, you know, support the school from a uh, resource perspective. Yeah. Um, by tapping into our own youth that just want to give back to the community. For sure. Um, you know, they, they come in, they train kids in football and also unconventional sports like beach tennis. Oh. Um, which is basically typically like volleyball or beach volleyball. Okay. Where you don't necessarily need to train on the beach. <laughs> Interesting. But it's basically tennis over a volleyball net. Ah, so with the racket. Yeah, with the racket, but it's got its own specialized racket. I see. Um, yeah, it's, it's something that's new to South Africa. Um, mm. but it's also a coastal sports thing, you know, mm. for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, but you know, we, we train the kids on normal grass. But we've got facilities that they go to for, yeah. you know, regional competitions. And awesome. we also offer baseball and softball, wow. which is quite an interesting sport again. But mm. I think in, in a lot of like our history, <clears throat> if you look at Soweto and Mamilodi, we used to have major, major, major school leagues mm. in softball. Mm. And that was kind of phased out, yeah. you know, post apartheid years. Yeah. So it's not to say that these things were not there. Mm. So we're kind of bringing it back in a different way. Good. Um, it's not to say that it's completely arbitrary. You know, mm. We've seen that history has taught us that these, these, the, you know, such sporting programs have flourished. Yes. Us. Yes. So bringing it back, I mean, it, it, it helps us a, also break down gender participations. Uh, a lot of girls aren't participating in sports. Mm. Uh, we've seen it through football mm. and it's mainly just because of Pressures from home, pressures from the community, you know, mom or dad doesn't believe a girl must play football. For sure. But, for sure. you know, girls love it. Exactly. You know, some girls enjoy the sports. Mm. It doesn't mean that you have to be a certain type of girl. And we're, we're living <laughs> in a time where, you know, that's just such a, it's an old conversation even. It like, is. Like Look, now it's, we're all about inclusivity. We're all about, yeah. you can do whatever you, there is nothing stopping you. Yes. Little boy, you can play with dolls. Yeah. Little girl, you can wear a blue shirt. Yeah. Like yeah. we don't live in a time, well, some still do, mm. but you know, in the spaces that we're trying to move into and yeah. the environments that we're trying to normalize, yeah. we cannot still say girls shouldn't be playing certain sports and, and, and no, that's just for boys. Mm. That's just for girls. No, true. But I mean, look, Lebang, you'd be very surprised. In the communities that we get into, mm. um, we've dealt with some serious issues where you would think that everybody is kind of woken up to such realities. Mm. Um, that, hey, look, 
these things should be open to all genders. Yes. Um, but we're dealing with issues, you know, mm. um, and we've seen that the participation is getting lower and lower and lower. Mm. And we've seen that the reason behind it is that it's the parents, yeah, you know, that are driving the stigma, these mm. stereotypes that are still there today. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So look, I mean, transitions has kind of opened our minds up to tapping into the sports field and seeing how we can help kids thrive, but also helping them become disciplined. Good. By teaching them that it just, it doesn't stop on the sports field. Mm. So they still have to do their homework. Yes. So it's, it's, it's that time management game that mm. we teach the kids to mm. say, look, doesn't mean that you're a good soccer, uh, soccer star that now you have to stop attending your maths class, or, mm. you know, doing homework. Mm. Um, because we're again driving the, you know, the, 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 the issue of kids getting into universities. So another way for them to excel is on the sports field. Because we've seen the reality is that not all kids are excelling in the classroom. Um, sometimes you may have like a great basketball star who's sitting there, but mm. he has to now understand algebra, mm. you know, and that's mm. his barrier to getting to the next level. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's what we do with transitions. It's yeah. basically a way for us to help kids thrive in sports, earn sports bursaries for them to get into top universities because Good. we know a sporting career can be a very short career as well. Mm. So it gives them an educational backing for them to also thrive in that space. Yeah. So that's tra- that, those are the two programs, the main programs that we drive in schools. Yeah. So there's transitions and there's the Great Boroza. Well, yeah, it's uh, part of it's so transitions in school like me are Great Boroza programs. Aha. Uh-huh. So they fall under that umbrella. Yeah. They all fall under the same umbrella. Hey, la bereka, man. Yeah, no, I love to see it, man. I love to see it. You know, I, I wish we had all the time in the world. I wish we could sit and go on because I want to know more about like some of the stories mm. and some of the actual things that you guys, um, have encountered on the ground. You know, I think that okay. will, that, that will, 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 will really open the eyes of the listeners and even myself. But unfortunately, we don't have time. So can I invite you here again in the next few months? Maybe sometime. Or my next year, let's just hang out and chill. Okay. You can, maybe you can come with your, with your colleagues as well. Definitely. And we can just unpack like some of the real hardcore yeah. daily things that you guys encounter and how you solve those. Okay. okay. No, I think that's, that's a great idea. Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, let's do that. Yeah. Cause I mean, I could talk about this the whole day. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I wish, I wish we could do that. Just sit here and talk all day about it because it's so important. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in closing, where can people contact you? Where can we find you if we want to participate? If we want to help out? Okay. Cool. So great. Rosa, uh, we've got a Facebook page. We're on all socials, Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, um, Facebook. Please search for weirdly enough, great. Rosa football academy. Uh, okay. Facebook doesn't allow us to change that, but it's, it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, so people can find us there. Mm. Uh, we're on Instagram at Porosa Academy 7. Cool. And then we've also, we're also on YouTube as well at Great Porosa, simple, straight handle, mm. as well as on Twitter at Porosa SA. Okay. Uh, as well as on our website, www.greatporosa.co.za. Love it. Uh, email is info at greatporosa.co.za if you guys want to just, uh, have questions for us. Mm. Send us a mail, see how best we can partner with you. Mm. If youth are wanting to get involved in the Gauteng space. I mean, look, we've got programs in the Western Cape as well. So wow. we're getting awesome. a lot of traction in that area. Mm. Um, when I say Western Cape, specifically in the Klein Karoo. Okay. So from George Oldsworen to Van Beekstorp, uh, these are very like small 
rural towns. They sound like little torpies, yeah. Yes, it's the much less sexier side of okay. the Western Cape. <laughs> the one so, that they don't tell you about. But all the good wines come from that area. Mm. That's the other thing. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, people can catch us on those links. Uh, I'll even share my number for any inquiries as well. 078-563-8739. That's a WhatsApp number. Uh, do text for more information. Yeah, youth are welcome to participate. We are found in Protea North, Esoweto. Uh, we've got a learning lab there where you can come in and experience the space, come in and see the programs come alive for yourself. Yeah. So, yes, uh, people are welcome to reach out. Sounds exciting. I think I actually might um, come through one of these days just to have Please a look. Please do. Please nah, do. Just what's actually going on here? It sounds very exciting. Yeah. And as a mom, I'm even more interested because uh, it sounds like you'd make my life a lot easier. Nice. If my kids were in there. <laughs> Tato, thank you so much, man. This was great. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited for what you guys are going to do. It really sounds like you've got it all figured out and you've got a plan. And especially because you want to improve the minds of young African children. That is so important. That's what the world is scared of. Yes. They're scared because they yeah. know if an African mind can wake up, yeah. then they're screwed. Because exactly. Roshapa take over. And we, we are our true selves. Exactly. And that's what they fear. Exactly. So kudos to you and the entire team. No, no, no. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, look, yeah, I mean, as you said that, uh, we've got like the pyramids and the finks. Yeah. Know, such things that yeah. have developed mathematics. Yes. Uh, invention of Africa. If people don't know that. Mm. So, mm. I mean, you know, you see things like Wakanda. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Fictional view, but, but it's basically what Africa really can be. Yes. If we tapped into those spaces. Yes. But yeah, thank you for having me. For sure. Uh, it was really great connecting with you and all the listeners. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Tato. Wow, that was lovely. That was hey, tada. Tato from, you know, the great Poroza. If you don't know about it, I hope now you will be encouraged to go and check out the webs- their website. It's www.greatporoza.co.za. They're doing amazing work. Uh, they are empowering kids out there. Kids who you probably wouldn't even think about. Now I hope that after this conversation, you're seeing just a glimpse into what average South Africans are doing for the lives of other South Africans. And ultimately, this is us. This is what we as people ultimately can be doing, right? Right. Thank you so much for joining me. This was Lebang, and this was Life with Lebang, courtesy of cliffcentral.com. Cliffcentral.com.